0: And would you pray with me one more time? God, there is nothing better than you. And you choose to show your goodness by showing up in our lives and using all the gifts that we have to do your work in our world. So help us to continue to celebrate you, our good God. And through all that we do, may we all be saying faithfully, God, there is nothing better than you. And everybody said... Amen. You guys can grab a seat, uh, and we're going to do things a little different this morning. Um, this is going to be a little bit of an interactive Sunday morning sermon. And I mean, it's just, it's kind of fun when we have one service. It's, 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 it's full. There's some energy in here. You guys feel the energy of, I guess not. I guess, hey, there we go. Yeah, Woo! Um, so, so as you recall, if you've been around the last few Sundays, as you recall, we've been talking about this question. We said, how do we grow? And in a sense, what we're gonna, what we're gonna do this morning is we're gonna celebrate the evidence of growth that has shown up in the lives of people and in the life of our community over the past year. And if our celebration is a celebration of growth, there's a question that kind of shows up behind the question. And it's a question that church staff members and church people talk about often, which is, well, if the goal is growth to become more like Christ, how do you measure that, right? How do you measure how much work God has done in a life? I mean, I could, I could put out a survey and just be like, so scale of one to 10, everybody, how much did you grow in Christ this year? Everybody gives an answer. Yeah, rough year, too. Oh, it was a good year. Perfect 10 this year. We take them all, we add them up, and then all we need to do is just say, hey, you guys, 6.95, good job. Let's hit, fr- let's hit 7.5 next year, right? We could do that. I don't plan to do that. I don't think it's a good plan. Instead, here's the thought that comes to my mind. If, if, if it's not something you can put a number on, rather, maybe it's something that you can tell story about like I don't know if I've got the ruler or the tape measure that measures growth but I do know a story of growth when I hear it and I do know that when I see God at work I can notice it and I can say yes that is what we're shooting for one of the ways that growth always has to be measured is not just in individual lives but growth is something that we always measure together, because God's design for us is not to be isolated, separate individuals seeking him, but rather for us to be a community who shares the journey of God's work in our lives and in our world. And so it's, in a sense, every story you're going to hear this morning is a story of growth that happened with us seeking God together. Here's the illustration I came up with. Because it's a beautiful sunny day. Um, many people have compared the uniqueness, the individuality, the intentionality that God puts into creating every person. Many people have compared that to a snowflake, right? We've, we've all seen beautiful pictures of a close up of a snowflake with just how precise each facet of it is. But you know what you can't do with just one snowflake? You can't go skiing off the back bowls of Breckenridge, Colorado with just one snowflake. You need a whole community of snowflakes, hopefully with feet of deep powdery snowflakes. It's the work of God together that we're celebrating this morning. I don't know, how was that? It was, how was that illustration? <laughs> ah, okay. Okay, I wasn't sure. I almost... Okay, thank you, Ryan. You're, he's my encourager in the back right there. Um, here's, how, here's how I want to say it. When we're celebrating what God has been doing this uh, in this past year and beyond, um, the growth of each of us depends on, it's fed by, it's, it's enabled by the growth of all of us. What's true of this community is what can become true of each person in this community. Now, what I'd love to do, here's what I would love to do. I'd love to take every single person who has volunteered in the past year, and I'd love to bring them up here and say, how'd you volunteer and tell us a story of how you saw God at work through that, and let's just celebrate them one by one. I would love to do that. When I was uh, in China, I was at a Christmas Eve service where every single person in the room Mick and I included, were invited to go up to the front and sing a song. Every single person. There was only about 50 people in the room, and let me tell you, that took some time. So we're, we can't, I mean we could, but then lunch would go bad by the time it was over. We can't. Get every single person. So what we've done is we've taken all of the different ministry teams, the ministries that happen inside our church building, the ministries that happen outside of our church building, and we've put them into a few categories. And in each sort of group of ministry area, I'm going to bring somebody up, and I'm going to talk to them a little bit about how that area of ministry has made a difference in their life both over the past year, but also over the, just their life of being in church. And we're going to let the stories of God's work be the fuel for our celebration together. And we went round and round. We said, what, how, do you, how do you organize all the different things that go on at this church? There's so many different things. How do we organize them? So in order to be really um, creative and do something that's never been done before, I organized them around the four statements of our church mission statement. CCC exists to glorify God by following Jesus on a shared journey of transformation in God's mission to our broken world. And in a sense, each of those four statements uh, uh, is an anchor point for a whole area of ministry that's happening. And again, uh, we're we're gonna celebrate All sorts of different things. We're going to hear a few different stories and all of this is a way to say this is our evidence. This is our uh, 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 sort of measurement of the fact that God is at work in us and God is at work through us. Amen? Does that sound like a plan? Um, So, uh, it looks like you can skip the next slide. I don't know why that's there. Um, The first part of the mission statement. Centennial Covenant Church exists. Why? Why do we exist? For one guiding purpose in a sense it's the purpose of any and every church uh, always but we have named this we prayed about this we talked about this we as a community came together to say the starting point of our purpose for existence is to glorify God by following Jesus individual lives transformed to look more like Jesus to to act more like Jesus to live in the world the way Jesus lived in the world that's what we're doing and that is what brings God glory. Now in a sense, I hope everything we do, everything big, everything small, everything temporary, everything ongoing, I hope everything we do is an act of glorifying God by following Jesus. But one area of ministry that is most particularly focused on this is what we're doing right now. We gather on a weekly basis right here every Sunday in order to sing worship to God. In order to be vulnerable with the God who made us. In order to learn the habits and practice the rhythms of prayer. In order to open God's word and say, God, how can your word be the guide to my life? Our worship gatherings are a central place of our journey of glorifying God by following Jesus. I want to invite Rebecca Sutton to come on up. And I've asked her to talk a little bit about the significance of being part of a community that gathers to glorify God through worship on a weekly basis. Hi, Rebecca. Hey. Uh, Why don't you just start by, I think a lot of people here have met you, but introduce yourself and and your family and maybe in what capacity do you serve here at at Centennial?
1: Hi, I'm Rebecca Sutton and um, I've been here with my family. I have three sons. And my husband Kyle, who is out serving as part of our safety and security team, but we've been here since the summer of 2005. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we've been here for a long time. And um, sorry, you had a specific something you wanted to say. You you
0: serve at this church sometimes. Uh, What do you what do you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. So so uh, I get to hold babies in the nursery, and um, I. You guys, I need that. Uh, So I get to serve babies. I get to hold babies. I get to love on babies and your little toddlers. So I would say that's probably my number one favorite thing to do as part of serving here. Uh, Maybe uh, more obvious, but.
0: Distant second.
1: Distant second. Yeah, thank you. I was going to say, requires a lot more work, would be uh, being part of the preaching team. And I have served in other capacities over the years.
2: Yeah.
0: So, Rebecca, um, we're talking about how we glorify God by following Jesus, and one of the ways we do that is we gather weekly yeah. for what we call our worship gatherings. Mm-hmm. How's that, how has that practice, that, that decision, how has that been significant to you in your life of following Jesus?
1: So I've had a, a week to think about this, and I've gotten a little emotional over the course of this week because I've been here since 2005. So I have a lot of history of how I've felt sitting in these seats. Does that make a lot of sense? I, every week hasn't been the same experience. I guess you could say I've been in seasons. When when I first started here, uh, the Sailors and and the Suttons joined together to start here at Centennial Covenant, and. Um, uh, Sunday morning was just a break from my kids. Someone else is taking care of them. Thank you, Debbie Wolf. You're my favorite person in the universe because you dealt with Finn. Thank you. Thank you. There she is. And, um, and so for me and for Kyle, we were in the thick of the Cheerios days where our kids were, you know, Cheerios were everywhere because um, that was the snack of the toddlers. And, uh, and so we, coming to coming to a Sunday morning was, was exactly that. It was a respite, it was an oasis, it was a time to be an adult and to remember that there were other things outside of, um, of just being in the trenches of early childhood. Uh, over the course of the years, I have come uh, often, uh, quite honestly, uh, discouraged, right? Needing some encouragement. Uh, Kyle and I have battled different illnesses over the course of, you know, you can't help it. You live that many years. Um, And to know that someone was praying for us, to know that someone was thinking about us, and so to come for some encouragement when we were discouraged. Um, It's also been a place of a lot of meaningfulness for me in the sense of uh, you've been watching my kids grow up. My oldest, when he comes home from college, which, by the way, in case you didn't get the announcement, Finn graduated from college. (laughs) The fact that he graduated from college is not remarkable. The fact that when he comes home, it doesn't matter what our plans are, he's here on a Sunday morning. Because, you see, he is known by you, and he feels known. And so that, to me, can't. Can't put a price on that. Um, And then for me in the last year, that's been a very difficult year. I'll be really transparent with you. Sometimes I've come in the mornings because I could not worship. And so I needed to be with others who could worship for me. Does that make sense? Because there's been some hard things in my work community and uh, sometimes I couldn't worship, But, um, but you worshiped and so you worshiped on my behalf and you provided a gift and a service to me so for me to know for me to have all those opportunities on any given sunday morning means a lot of people are involved to make that possible i'm so thankful
0: that's awesome thanks rebecca can we give it up for rebecca (laughs) as we think about what it takes to create this weekly gathering there are many different teams. Um, It includes, uh, like Rebecca just said, the safety and security team that's at work even before we come in the door, Um, the design team who helps create a beautiful space, the preaching team, the communion team, uh, the interpreter team, the tech team in the back, the prayer team, and the worship team. Dozens of people spending dozens, maybe hundreds of hours every single week getting ready for this space where we can come together, worship with one another, sometimes worship for one another, and be transformed by God in our midst. It involves people like our amazing ASL interpreters, who have to try to keep up with me. Yeah. Kyle Sutton helped create and build the safety and security team, which a few years ago didn't exist. And we've put it into place. Jeff Sailors, I swear, I come to him all the time. I'm like, Jeff, you think we could do this? And he's always just like, I'll do some research. That man puts so much time and energy into figuring out my crazy ideas. Um, and then, of course, an amazing preaching team, Rebecca and John Harden, as well as all of our other guests preachers, if you serve on any of our Sunday morning worship teams in any capacity, would you stand up right now? And can we, uh, come on, come on, people, everybody, stand up. Can we give it up for the people that create our Sunday morning worship? In the back. Yes. We exist to glorify God by following Jesus. God is at work in our midst, and the Transforming work God does in everybody here, he does it through your work of helping create this weekly gathering. And we're so, so grateful. The mission statement continues. We're trying to follow Jesus, but we never do it alone. We follow Jesus on a shared journey. God's desire and God's design is that we would share the journey. And the sort of area of ministries that that we put together for this is what we're calling our care and hospitality ministries. Ministries designed to help people know and be known, connect and know that they're not just part of a program, but they're part of a family. I want to invite Don Sheely to come on up. I don't know where Don is, he's somewhere in the room. Don Sheely to come on up. Um, Don and his wife Judy are newer to Centennial family, and uh, I want to have Don share a little bit about their experience of coming to be part of Centennial. So why don't you first just start by, I sort of introduced yourself, but introduce yourself. Uh, how long have you been here, and, and where are you serving
2: right now? You know, Rebecca's a tough act to follow, so I'm gonna try my best here. You'll do great. Uh, yeah, Don, Don Sheely and my wife Judy, we uh, mo- we lived in Monument, uh, which is a little bit south here, and we moved up to Denver to be closer to our daughter and our granddaughter, so that was kind of the primary reason we came up. We started um, attending CCC in August of last year, so I am kind of a newbie. Uh, and one of the things, I'm, you know, Linda Hardin has just been a blessing for, for Judy and I, and I say to Linda, I said, what's the story with the coffee? Where's the coffee at? And she says, well, with COVID, we just don't, we don't do it anymore. And I, okay. And then I, somehow I got connected to Sheila and I'd say, Sheila, what? Well, so we're still, we're still working on it. We're just not sure. And then I would ask Sheila a month later and she'd say, no, no coffee. And then finally she said, hey, Don, we've got an idea for the coffee. Why don't you coordinate it? (laughs) So uh, be careful what you ask for, okay? So I am the coordinator for the brew crew here at the church, and we have six families. There's two sitting right behind me over here that I I don't see anybody else right now. But, but uh, every every week they come and, and uh, com- committedly uh, prepare the coffee so that you can uh, enjoy that. You know that Carl, I was gonna you and I talked a, a minute, and it's not about the coffee, really. Okay, coffee is a simple thing, but it's about I don't I don't know. I mean it. <laughs> well. Okay. It's, part, it's not only about the coffee. Carl always gets a cup, by the way, maybe two before church. Um, so, yeah, but, but the coffee is just the impetus for the social fabric piece of our church. And, you know, two Sundays ago, I, I, was, I was, Judy and I were back behind the counter there. And it was between services, and I was looking out at the congregation. And, it, and there was people with, holding cups of coffee, but they were in community together. And I just thought, you know, this is just a small thing, but it, it helps that, that sharing life together piece. And I don't, don't want to understate that.
0: Now, you said as well, not just that you get kind of a front row seat to the community that happens over coffee and the Welcome Center, but you've also received the blessing of being cared for by this church community. Tell us a little yeah, bit about that. Yeah, you know, um,
2: It's funny. As long as Judy and I live where we live, we are... 100% Centennial Covenant people. I mean, it's just been amazing how the church who took, you know, t- two newer people and just embraced us. And I had back surgery uh, in March. And um, first of all, Linda put together a, got, uh, put me on the prayer team for uh, for praying for that, for my back and my surgery and my recovery. And with that, I, I, I made two new friends. Um, uh, Bill Holman uh, has been calling me, and, and he just—I just attended his first Bible study last Friday, so with his, with a group of guys that attend this church. So that was nice. And then um, Brad Whitstrom has uh, come by. He and I've gone out for coffee, and just to have these men call on me and check on me and know that the body of the, the church is praying for me was really nice. But then the icing on the cake was the meal train uh that you know for 10 for 10 meals we had 10 families that uh you know when i was really in a hurting and my wife was there trying to care for me um we had 10 families bring us a meal and that's you know that's really no small thing when you're when you're in that situation you know we had an opportunity to pay it back the other day with um nikki and uh so i i got the opportunity to take a meal to nikki and ben and that was just so nice to to see them and and to to love on them a little bit. So that's that's that fabric that we're talking about coming together, and I think that's where God
0: where God shows up. That's awesome. Thanks, Don. Let's give it up for Don and Judy and the minister here. Oh, one more thing.
2: One more unscripted thing, Carl. Um, I work for the Navigators Ministry in Colorado Springs. Um, I have the privilege to work there, and I got to tell you, the Eagle Lake camp that was being, being posted mother with young kids, um, that, that thing is the real deal. Eagle Lake camp is an overnight camp in Colorado Springs, which older kids go to, but they have created this satellite ministry that goes out many, many places. I can't stress enough, if you have the opportunity to send a child or a grandchild to that camp, they will be enriched and be blessed. So enough about Amen. my advertisement. Amen. Thanks, Thanks Don. That's okay.
0: Again, this ministry of sharing the journey, of creating a social fabric, it happens informally every day by the little things every single one of us does. But in terms of the actual teams that we've got, um, we have, like Don said, the brew crew, We've got a care team. We've got uh, the benevolence team. We've got the welcome team. We've got, again, the safety and security team. We repeated some of these teams. Uh, But the people that work in all of these different areas all add a little bit to making this a place where people can quickly and easily say, I don't just go there. That's my home. And that's my family. Um, this is people like like Don mentioned, uh, Bill Homeland, who runs our benevolence team. Bill and his wife Becky have been through a lot in the past couple of years, and yet Bill faithfully stays on top of all of the great work the benevolence team does helping meet needs for people who are in challenging circumstances both in our church community and in the community around us. Uh, the Brew Crew, we just can't talk enough about how great and awesome it is to have coffee. Um, meal trains, let me just tell you, When we put out a meal train request, it almost always gets instantly filled because this is a church full of people who are ready to jump up and say, yeah, I will help. And like Don said, yeah, we could say it's just cooking a meal, but that act of kindness is what makes a difference. So if you have signed up for a meal train if you are on the brew crew, if you are on the benevolence team, if you are on the welcome team, would you guys stand up and be recognized? And can we give it up for all of these people who make this a place where we share the journey? Yeah. 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 We are a church family because of the good work that you guys do. So Centennial Covenant exists to glorify God by following Jesus on a shared journey of transformation. The social fabric matters. It's critical. Like I said a couple weeks ago, relationships are the soil of our health and our growth. But, that's, but, but, but relational connection is not the end purpose, but rather our transformation, our growth, our being changed by God to be more and more like Christ. I was uh, texting with a church member, a friend, during the growth series, and uh, we were talking about this this verse in Scripture. Paul said uh, in one of his letters, he said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Like Rebecca even said, the way we are a community to one another is is sometimes when we're in a tough spot, our community can come around us and, and hold us up. But we were joking about how sometimes that idea, like, okay, there's an example of Christ-likeness, so, so that person's like Christ, and I'm going to try to be like them. Or, or maybe, yeah, Christ is the image, but Paul gave us a good image. We should be like Paul. And my friend sent me this great little meme. He said, this is what it feels like to me sometimes. Yeah. Christ. <laughs> Paul. Me. <sighs> uh, that's about right. That's about right. But the fact is, it's not our confidence or our certainty in what's happening, but rather it's the surety that God is the one who is at work in our midst. And the way that we um, create spaces of formation is by creating all sorts of different groups. We have um, all of our life groups that are part of this journey of transformation. We have classes on Sunday mornings for adults for middle school, high school students, for children. Um, We have various forms of mentoring. We have uh, the teachers that are in all of that. And all of those are ways that people share the journey and are formed into the likeness of Christ. I wanna invite Jonathan and Angela Marine to come on up. And I've asked them to talk a little bit about their experience being part of a life group here at Centennial Covenant Church, a community of people seeking God's transformation together. So first of all, um, I just said your names, but go ahead and tell us your names again. How long have you been here, and where do you
3: serve uh, at at the church? Yeah, so like Carl said, I'm Jonathan. This is Angela Maureen. We moved to Colorado from Tucson, Arizona, June 2016. So it's been about six years we've been coming here shortly after, and uh, we serve on the welcome team. So we're the ones that will welcome you, uh, will greet you, and occasionally, the really hard days, we have to count how many of you are in the sanctuary. <laughs>
0: Good job.
3: Um, so talk a little
0: bit about, I, I had said first, just we're talking generally about what it means to be part of a church community. What's significant for you? You know, you moved here from out of state. What's significant for you from, for being part of a church community in general?
1: Um. Well, we both grew up in the Covenant Church, which is the denomination of Centennial, so we immediately sought out a Covenant Church when we moved here, because it's always felt kind of like home to us, Um, and I think the significance of actually worshipping in church is, as Carl was saying earlier, that Christianity isn't something that's done in isolation, that there's power in worshipping together, there's power in Lamenting together and there's power in being challenged each week together and for me I feel like just coming here and being with all of you every Sunday really helps me Kind of reset for the week and set my mindset in a positive
0: way moving forward And Jonathan you guys have been part of a life group for a little while now talk about how that smaller Community has been part of your formation in Centennial Covenant
3: absolutely so like Angela said, we both grown up in the church. Um, for me, I was very fortunate to have uh, great youth groups growing up. Uh, lots of great friends, small groups, just time spent together in the word with people that I loved to be around. And then I went to college at North Park University. That was great too. Um, we had chapel, we had, uh, we had worship, and over the summers I would work at a uh, summer camp as a counselor. That was great. All of a sudden college is done and the community kind of dries up, so it feels very different. So what we found is uh, after college, uh, we started going to churches, and there would always be this talk of going to life group. But we'd make excuses, oh, we don't have time, or you don't want to put yourself out there. So uh, we'd volunteer at those churches, but we just never felt really connected. Um, shortly after uh, we came to Centennial, about a year later, we were invited. I think Carl tricked us. He, uh, he, he invited us to a group at a meeting in his place, and uh, we thought it would be a small group with Carl. And uh, turns out it wasn't, but he got us all together in a group, and here we are years later. But, um, it's been, yeah, it's been great just uh, having a group of people that we're intentional with, we've been sharing life with, and growing together, It's uh, having great discussions, and feeling challenged. So, yeah, it's been really rewarding being intentional. It's, it's harder to do as you get older, but it really does feel like a community that we've grown with. Awesome.
0: Thanks so much. Let's give it up for Jonathan and Angela. <laughs> this work of formation happens because we have people who choose to lead one of the many different life groups. We have teachers in classes for every age, all of whom are doing amazing work, people like. Deb Wolf, who is already named, who has been serving in our children's ministry for almost th- for over 30 years. Can we just give it up for her again? We can... yes! um, there's, there's youth leaders, like I was just thinking about uh, Maddie Saylors. She grew up in the student ministry of this church, and not long after graduating from high school said, you know what? That made a difference for me. So I want to go back and serve in the ministry to give to other students the blessing that I receive from being in this student ministry. If you have led an adult class, if you have served in children's ministry in any area, if you have served in student ministry in any area, if you have been a mentor to anybody in this uh, church community, would you guys stand up now and can we give it up for the people who creates spaces of formation at Centennial Covenant. Yeah. Yeah. God is the one who does the transforming work, but he does it through your service to this community. Last but not least, Centennial Covenant Church exists to glorify God by following Jesus on a shared journey of transformation in, God's mission, his mission, to our broken world. If we're faithfully following Christ, if we as a church are being who we believe God called us to be, it will always result in this church body taking whatever blessing we've received, taking the strength we get from being together, taking the power of God in us and sharing it with others so that our blessing might become a blessing for others. This outward facing ministry happens as all of these things do in the work, in the everyday lives, at home, in your neighborhood, at your schools, at your places of work. It happens all the time in everything we do, but formally through the church, it happens with our global missions team, which oversees our outreach efforts in countries around the world. It happens through our flourish team, which oversees our partnerships with many different local ministry partners. It happens with intentional outreach events, events like the arts festival and the uh, fall festival and our brushes and sips event and our Christmas family branch and the things we try to make easy first steps for people to get connected to a church community. It happens through ministries like MOPS, designed to be a safe and caring space for mothers of preschoolers who we know are carrying heavy burdens and great responsibility of caring for and raising young kids. Uh, It includes our community garden, which uh, was started just a few years back and is a great connection for especially many people who live in the apartments next door. Um, And it includes people on our rent assistance team, which was started mid COVID, uh, started with a single generous donation, but many people jumped on board to say, we wanna help help people who have a house to keep a house if they've been financially invested or impacted during COVID. And these ministries, again, we could celebrate Every single person who served in every way because many people have made a big difference. Um, People like Fran Blomberg and Shannon Neerman, who took over leadership of the global team not long ago and have done a great job. People like Robin Hurley who is a communications mastermind and runs the Flourish team so well and keeps us as a community up to date on the many, many ministries going on around here. Um, people like Janika Elliott, who's the MOPs coordinator and kept MOPs going all throughout COVID in the midst of all the changes. And it was a lifeline for so many mothers in that community that she created. People like Bob Higgins, who took over this rent assistance program and oversaw over $14,000 being given to 11 different families to help keep them in their homes in the midst of some financial Difficulty. So many people doing so much good work so that God's mission would never stay here, but rather it would always go out. As I've heard a number of pastors say, because we don't want to be a clubhouse. We want to be a lighthouse. And we want the light of Christ to go out and be a blessing to the world around us. Um, uh, I, I was, you know, I've been asking all sorts of people um, to come up and share, and various people, you know, could or couldn't, or were out of town, but there's one couple, uh, Chris and Aaron Calloway, newer to the Centennial Covenant Church community, and they got connected through Mops, and they're out of town for the weekend, but they wrote a couple little paragraphs that I just want to read to you that capture in my mind the huge blessing it is when a church community decides to reach out. This is from Aaron. Aaron. I first became connected at Centennial Covenant through MOPS. Our son was just a month old when everything shut down due to the pandemic. What followed was a period of such isolation. About a year later, I found myself feeling so lonely and unsure of myself as a mom. One tearful evening, I felt a nudge to reach out to Linda Bruce, who invited me to check out her MOPS group. I found much-needed community among the moms in our group, a place to ask my, is this normal, questions, and a time to enjoy brunch and conversation with other moms who understand exactly what I'm going through. I found a group of women who truly care about me and my little one. As we've started attending worship at Centennial, the children's ministry has been such a blessing. It's been important to us to know that our son Graham is safe, cared for, and known. He doesn't even cry anymore when we drop him off. (laughs) And he's always greeted by name. He's beginning to understand that Jesus loves him and even asks for the Jesus Loves Me song at bedtime. This is from Chris. He first got connected when we did the parenting class. And he said, the parenting class, honestly, I wanted to go, but at the same time, I didn't. I wasn't sure what the other attendees would be like. It's fair. It's fair. (laughs) And I didn't know what the discussion would be like. Plus, Friday night is prime TV night, and that's something we look forward to after putting Graham down to bed. (laughs) But alas, we found a group of folks honestly sharing parenting experiences. It was a relief and a time of great fellowship. As someone who grew up in the church and has had several different church experiences, I can find myself critical at times. Is this church all about the numbers? Is it about the McDonaldization of church, state of the art sound systems and light shows? But what I've found at Centennial is a group of people who seem unswayed by anything other than a desire to get to know Jesus at a deeper level and to extend that love to others. God can use churches with a plethora of visions and goals, sizes and campuses. But as I've tried to figure out what's important in my own relationship with Christ and with other Christians, it's a place like Centennial. Thank you for being who you are and cultivating such an environment. Thank you for welcoming Aaron, Graham, and myself. If you serve on the global team, on the Flourish team, on the rent assistance team, on the Mops Leadership Team, on the Benevolence Team, or with the Community Garden, or if you have served in any way for any one of our outreach events, the Arts Festival, the Fall Festival, the Brushes and Sips events. If you have done anything in any of those, would you guys stand up right now? And can we give it up for the outreach efforts of Centennial Covenant Church? For people who don't have a relationship with God, for people that don't know what it is to have the saving grace of God's goodness in their lives, what they can know is you. And how they can know God is through your acts of love and service. Two more groups to briefly recognize. We ran out a mission statement, but we've still got two more groups. <laughs> Um, Behind all of this, there's resources. There's our IT, our properties team, um, our design team, our stewardship team, the nominating committee, uh, people like Pete Gammy, who led the team that built the first phase of this building, and you can find him almost every week fixing the sprinkler system and caring for the lawn to this day outside. Uh, Woo, yeah, let's just do it, there we go. People like Doug and Leslie Parker, who make the landscaping around here just look beautiful in so many ways. Um, Yeah. People like Jeff Warren, who is an IT professional and keeps our, I counted the list, Jeff, 25 computers, 30 different monitors, and 32 different pieces of technology that add up to over $50,000 worth of tech equipment that Jeff leads the team, keeping it all up and running. And believe you me, that is a big feat that he carries on his shoulders. Uh, The nominating committee are elected to lead the nomination process for our Council of Elders. Uh, If you are on the nominating committee, uh, on the IT team with Jeff, uh, on the properties team, or the design team, All of these ministries that provide the resources behind all that goes on, would you guys stand up and can we give it up to these people who resource the ministries of Centennial Government Church. Last but not least, um, there are nine women and men who are elected uh, every couple of years in order to be the core leadership of the church. Um, Carl Gams is our church treasurer. Bill Rothenmeyer, our financial secretary. Dana Gammy is the council secretary. They're the three church officers. And then we have six council members. Uh, Jeff Warren, uh, Robert to. I need to... I wrote him down. I wouldn't want to... Now suddenly I have one of those moments of like, oh, don't forget him. I'm going to do it without notes. Jeff Warren, uh, Linda Bruce, Todd Reisler... Uh, <laughs> Janet George, uh, Vice Chair Robin Hurley, and Chair Kevin Parra, would you nine, whoever in the room, can you stand up, our core leadership of the church, can we give it up for these women and men and what they do? Um, part of my responsibility as lead pastor is to Do what I can to shape and guide the overall mission of Centennial Covenant. Where are we going? What's God calling us to do? And I could not imagine doing it without you guys. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, We end our services always with a question. If this is how God works in the lives of us, and in the lives of the world around us, and if we have seen and celebrated the fruit of acts of service as simple as setting up a table before an outreach event, or as long or and ongoing as running one of our many many minister teams, then we have to ask ourselves: now that we have celebrated this, what is your move going to be? We've got a guest worship team, so I need to tell them: this is guest worship team. This is where you can come back up, because this is how we end the service, right? What's your move going to be? And I've got. Uh, uh, one uh, simple thought that I hope and I pray and, and I really believe will capture the, the call from God on each one of our lives. Uh, and, and this is what it is. Here's my invitation. If, if you have been blessed in any way By any volunteer at Centennial Covenant Church. If you have been blessed because your kids have been taken care of. Because community has been formed. Because meals have been delivered. Because worship has been led. If you have been blessed in any way by any person in any ministry at Centennial Covenant Church. Here's how I think you should respond. Keep being the church. Because God has chosen to accomplish his mission through your work. Would you pray with me? God, it's so good. It's so good to celebrate the fruit of your ministry, that you are present and you are at work, and even though our lives might feel messy or confusing or a little bit like a cartoon character, we believe and we know and we see that God, your kingdom is coming. Your will is being done. Your name is being glorified. And that even if we don't see it or we don't understand it, God, we know that your presence is enough to keep us, to give us the strengths we need on this journey, to show us the path ahead of us to keep following, to give us this community that we need to support one another on the journey. And God, for all of this ministry celebration, we give our thanks and we give our praise ultimately and always to you, our God, our Maker our savior, our friend. And everybody said, amen.